reading verses 22 to 31. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say, I am going away and I am coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not say much more to you, for the Prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me. But he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Come now, let us leave. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks very much, Anne. Um, Andy, do you want to come and join us? Andy's going to speak to us this morning. Get yourself organised and then I'll pray for you. Carrying a, a, a weighty tomb of stuff. Are you, are you speaking there or do you want this? I'll speak in here. Okay, let me pray for you then. Thank you. <laughs> Lord, I thank you for Andy. I thank you that you have um, shaped him and moulded him into a, a wise man. Lord, you have, um, you have taught him all of his life you have given him um, your word and you've given him your wisdom and you've put in him a real um, talent and passion for teaching others and Lord as he unpacks um, that verse this morning and teaches us um, about what you say about peace Lord I just pray that you um, you give him the words to say and Lord open our ears to hear what he has to teach us this morning we thank you for him bless his words Amen. Amen. Good morning. Well, probably like you, I don't recognise myself in what's just been prayed over me. Um, isn't it interesting if Jesus says, uh, don't be troubled uh, and don't be afraid? It's great that, isn't it? Yeah. Most of my days are spent in trouble and fear and anxiety. It's the very thing that Jesus is saying. Is the very thing that I'm experiencing on a, on a daily basis. Um, I, I love the I love the verse. I love the verse, and I, I'm not speaking on it this morning. But um, if anyone loves me, and he'll keep my word. And my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. I, I think that is just wonderful. The potential in that that God can be in our lives, and 
we can be in his life and he, he welcomes us to his table. Isn't that wonderful to know that we've got a place at his table, that he, he, he just loves us. And um, I'm, I'm speaking today about peace uh, and, and so I'm going to zoom in because I think um, I'm advertising peace. I'm the start of a sermon series so I get to do the uh, skim across the surface hopefully be able to correct what I'm going to say today and go into the depth that is necessary for proper teaching. Um, but I, I, my peace I give to you, my peace I give to you uh, is what I, I, I want to speak about this morning. It's hard to find peace in this world right now, isn't it? Isn't it hard to find peace in this world? Uh, my peace on a daily basis, my peace is shattered at five o'clock in the morning when the alarm goes off. Uh, I try and get into work for seven o'clock, quarter past seven, so uh, my, my sleep is destroyed at five. Um, and I, I invariably f get up with anxious thoughts about things like meeting an angry parent who's demanding retribution on a teacher who's stepped out of line and said something they shouldn't have. Uh, I have a monkey on my back called Ofsted who could come into one of my schools and put it into special measures which would signal a disaster for that school and its community along with a sense of personal shame and disgrace. Uh, I, I live with that pressure every day uh, like a sword of Damocles ha hanging over me. I get an email from a trustee saying the math results haven't improved in two years. Uh, we need to talk about it. I drive to work and I listen to the radio. I switch the radio on. It's climate change. It's COVID. It's Ukraine. It's a corrupt government. It's prices rising. As I fill my car and the price is now £1.70. Uh, I remember a day when it was 80p uh, not so long ago. Um, stress. I phoned my sister to find out how my dad is, who's gone to hospital, he's got pneumonia, he's got heart issues. James and Tim and have, have left, and, and Kev is quite thankfully, uh, thanks for that Kev, standing down as the CEO of the St Andrews Trust. Uh, not to mention Everton losing to Wolves this afternoon and plunging us even further to the drop. And the tomatoes on my bruschetta were not fresh the other day. And it took me six lines to get Wordle right. Uh, Claire says that I suffer from catastrophization. I catastrophize things. Tom says, Dad, I'm thinking of getting a bike. That's Tom dead. That's Tom dead. That's his severed head rolling down a road still in the helmet. That's, that's where my head goes on that one. Thanks for that, Tom. Thanks for putting that in my head. You're not having a bike. Fear, fear, fear of failure, fear of one of my schools getting put into special measures. Real, live fear. Horrible having to deal with that. Anxiety and that sense of injustice that rises up in us and that anger and that worry. And over my dad, a sense of powerlessness. All of these things we seem to face on a... A daily basis and the thing is what I'm saying to you is no different to the stuff you're facing is it I'm saying it not because I'm having a hard time I'm saying it because we're having a hard time these are the things we face we, we face it on a daily basis these things that get into our heads fear anxiety catastrophization Martin Lloyd-Jones uses a phrase which 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 I there's a real resonance with me 
He calls it the tyranny of circumstances. Quite like that as a phrase, the tyranny of circumstances. Um, so I don't know where, where you are this morning, but if you're like me, peace is a, a, a very, it's hard to find peace in the world right now. Um, I'm expecting some sort of response to this, like, yes, I'm with you. Have I started off at the right place? Am I talking to people, or is it just me? That's, that's great. My main message, I have to tell you this story, uh, because um, th th this is just a cultural story, but uh, we, we made a link with a school in Ghana, and, and I had the privilege of flying out to Accra and uh, to, to visit. We set up a relationship with the, with the school, and kids have gone over there, and our kids have gone there, and their kids have come here, and there's a teacher exchange. That was in a school three schools ago. And um, we, we, we were host to these three Ghanaian teachers called Theodora Johnson and Fancy. Fancy was a wonderful woman of God. And I, I, I sat in her lessons and she'd sing over the kids. She's just really, they're all three Christians. But the thing is, when you're like me in the culture that I'm a part of, I've got to get to school at a certain time. Because my world will fall down around me if we're not in school for eight o'clock. And I don't understand why they get up late and they come downstairs and the first thing they want to do is dance. So every day for a week, they danced. They just sang and danced and prayed and thanked God. By the time I, got, I, could, I was that wound up, I, I walked into school still holding the steering wheel. I'm here to say, though, this morning that Jesus stands in everyone's every day and offers peace. Jesus is here to offer us peace. Peace that triumphs over the circumstances and peace that challenges the circumstances. Not a, a peace that the world would know. So if my dad's health improved, I'd get peace. If Everton beat Wolves, I'd get a measure of peace. If Ofsted came and said, you're a good school, I'd get peace. If the circumstances changed, my anxiety levels may drop, my stress, my fear. Those things may happen because the circumstances have changed. I don't think that is the peace that God initially talks about. I think the peace that God wants us to have is a peace that defies the circumstances. In spite of the circumstances, we can be men and women of peace who just know and exude the peace of God. And we can stand and face whatever. And people in our workplaces or our neighbours say, you've got all of this going on and yet you're so calm. How is that? You've got all this stuff that you're dealing with, all this baggage that you're having to work through, and yet you have something about you that's a peace. We get the chance then to talk about the king and the kingdom at that point. We get a chance to show just how wonderful our God is. Peace is worth pursuing. The peace that it defies our circumstances. But it is also a, a peace, as we'll see later, that will challenge circumstances. We are called to be peacemakers we are called to challenge the status quo if the status quo is wrong. And it's not a peace 
which is just a mere ending of hostility and an absence of hostility. The peace, the shalom that Jesus talks about is much bigger than that. It includes that, but it's more. It means wholeness, soundness, oneness with God, every kind of blessing, the right, the righteousness, the justice, the aspects of the kingdom being played out and lived out. That's the kind of shalom peace that Jesus is talking about. It's huge and it's powerful. And we're going we're gonna to go through four aspects of peace this morning. We're going to go through the peace with God, peace of God, the fruit of peace, and the call on our lives to be peacemakers. Now, before I dive into it, I, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting that um, it, it, it doesn't come with practical outworkings. I, I just want to talk from a faith perspective this morning, but there are lots of things that we deal with that, where, where um, exercise will help. I found that running around the mystery for 5K helps me sort my head out. I've found that turning off the TV sometimes helps. I'm getting drawn into the whole Ukraine thing. I'm almost becoming obsessed by it. I'm almost becoming like I need to know on an hourly basis what's going on. And I'm not sure what's pulling me into that, but I don't think it's healthy. I don't think it's doing me any favours. I think I have to moderate what I watch. I am praying for Ukraine. I'm thinking of how I can help support in that way. But I'm also aware that I have to switch it off as well because it's, it's starting to draw me in to a, a, a place of anxiety. We have uh, friends and they've got a teenage son that comes round to our house and uh, he's a miserable beggar and I feel like slapping him and he's got his life in front of him and he still turns up, eats my chicken from spit roast and eats all my chips and drinks all my beer and he sits there with a flipping cloud over his head and I feel like shaping him. And one of the things I want to suggest to him is, do you know what, when you start asking other people about how they are and what they're doing in life, it takes you off your own issues and your own agenda. So I find... What helps me sometimes is just finding out how you're doing. So I find out about how you're doing and I take a genuine interest in you. I start to forget about my rubbish. It helps me. So there's plenty of practical things that we can do to, to, to help alleviate some of the stresses and strains that we're with. To help us navigate our way through this tyranny of circumstances. Just chatting to a colleague about things that we're facing. Um, just dealing with it on that basis. But moving on, though, I'm here to say Jesus has earned the right to give us peace. I'm just moving that out of the way. He says, my peace I give you. And, and I believe that he is the Lord of peace. You say, amen, hallelujah, at any point in this. Because if he's the Lord of peace, then that's good news. That means that we've got a chance to access peace. Okay, so, so it's all good from now on. I've been miserable, taking us into the pit. Now we're going to climb out of it. All of these steps are good for you. So Jesus is on the throne, he's the king, and he's the Lord of peace. And he's earned the right for peace. Isaiah 53 says this, He was pierced, that's Jesus, was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And the punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. Jesus' death has paid the price for peace. Isaiah 53 says so. 
Colossians 1, 19, 20. God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, Jesus, and through him, Jesus, to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. It's good news. He's paid the price for his death and his burial and his resurrection and his ascension to heaven to sit at the right hand of God. He is now the king, the lord, the prince of peace. He has earned it. It's good news. And and he doesn't answer to anybody now. If he says, I'm the lord of peace and I, I'm here to say, my peace I give you, that is beyond contestation. We can access it because he says so and he's the king. He, there's no barriers to that now as far as he's concerned. He is free to dispose peace at any time in every circumstance that he wants to because he's the king of peace. So we have got access to that peace and it's really important that we know that and that we build that into our theology and that we build that into the way we think about things. We are serving a king who wants to give us peace and it's his intention. He came to make peace, he's the lord of peace, it's in his possession and there's no possibility of peace without him. This peace that we look for, it's his peace. So we have to go to him to get it. And possibly some of the reasons why my days go so badly is because I don't go to him in the first place. I've found that my life has to now start with God. I have to get into his presence. It's not just about the one or two bad meetings that have got going on anymore. It's about, I don't know if I can get through the day, Lord, without you by my side. And I'm glad to be in that situation because I think that's how he wants it to play out in our lives. That we live in increasing dependence on him. And we live in places where we need him to be there. If you don't show up, Lord, it's not going to happen. That is the call on us all as Christians. So I need him every day. If you are needing God more and more in your life, I think you're on a good path. I think you're, on the, you're going in the right direction. I think that's right. So, he's the Prince of Peace, and he's able to distribute it, and it's his intention. So, what is it? Well, we can have peace with God. When I became a Christian, I told you this story, but I enjoy telling this story, so I'm going to tell it you again, and you can realize that I've only got a few stories, but I don't care, because God gets the glory. So, I was struggling as a first-year student at Liverpool, because this window cleaner two years before had told me about Jesus, and Jesus was haunting my every thought. And I really didn't like Jesus because he was the way, the truth, and the life. And I didn't want it. I wanted to drink beer and get off with girls. So there's, there was the tension in my life as a student in my first year. And yet, you know, God has, a, God has a real skill in fishing. And he knows how to fish. And so J. John came and some student who I fancied said, do you want to go and see, see J. John? I thought, yeah, because I fancy you. So I'll go and hear J. John the uh, charismatic evangelist I'll go and hear him I couldn't find her at the time and I went into the entrance hall of the Carnatic bar and on the left hand side is the pub with the beer with me mates and the music and on the right hand side students are filing into this big hall to hear J. John and in the pub 
they were playing music and the song was Meatloaf Bat Out of Hell. And on the right hand side was J. John representing heaven. And I'm stood in the entrance hall in between heaven and hell. And the good news for me was I didn't really like Bat Out of Hell, didn't really like Meatloaf. He was just a rocker and I was, a, I was a, into new wave and punk. So he was the antichrist of music as far as I was concerned. So I decided I'm going to listen to J. John. Do your best. By the end of that, I'd stood on my feet. I'd given my life to the Lord. There was eight of us that night, and I became a Christian. And I, I can tell you this, that weeks after that, weeks after that, I had a peace that I'd never known before. I had the peace of God. I just knew I was forgiven. I just knew he'd stepped into my life and sorted it all out. I knew I was free. A weight and a burden had just lifted off me. And I can only say to you, that was God, that was Jesus coming into my life. I'll never forget it. I can, I can go back 700 years to when it happened and just know. I can, I can tell you what clothes I was wearing. It was just so vivid in me. God came into my life. Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them and in whose spirit is no deceit, Psalm 32. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. We have peace with God. The hostility, the enmity with God has been dealt with. I was once an enemy of God. I was once his enemy because I was lost in sin. But Jesus has paid the price for that. Jesus has taken that punishment on his shoulders and has, and has given me the opportunity to receive forgiveness. Same for all of us. I have peace with God. God is not my enemy. I am not his enemy. It is a theological perspective here that we need to have and we need to remind ourselves of that. It's good to know that we're forgiven. It's good to know that we have peace with God. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. Both of those verses from Romans, Romans 5 and Romans 8. I have peace with God. You have peace with God. And it's good to know that. And it's good to remind ourselves of that. Part of the... Part of the Part of the erosion of peace in our lives is because we forget these things. We need to remind ourselves of these things. We need to read our Bibles so that God can say, that's for you. The day you gave yourself to me, that was established. Thank you, Lord. I needed to hear that today. I know that I know that I know. Hallelujah. So the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. Do you believe it? Do you need to go back to that and remind yourself of that? Because that will give you peace. Not only do we have peace with God, but we have the peace of God. And I've found that the closer I am with God, the more in touch with peace I seem to become. And I know this, that the further away from God I go, the more likely I am to meet a tyranny of circumstances that gets the better of me. I don't know if that's the same for you, 
But if I have a close walk with him, I seem to be okay more often than not. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. I believe this is practical advice that we're being given here. I believe this is something that gets us into the, into the throne of Christ and to the peace of God. Do not be anxious about everything but in every situation. God's saying there, I don't care how big or how small it is, you bring it to me. God is giving us assurances in this verse that he cares about every number of hairs on our head. So he does care about the meeting that you're facing or about the tough situation that you're trying to address or about the painful parent that you're, you're trying to support. He knows these things and he says, bring them to me. How do I bring them to you? This is very practical. By Just come to me by prayer and thanksgiving. Literally, come into my presence. Be still and know that I am God. We need to, we need to, we need, we need to. I think it's important for me to. Perhaps this is advice that you, when I say we need to, I'm not telling you to it, but I am. <laughs> All right, so I'll keep with it. We need discipline in our lives where we say, forget time, forget the telly, forget what the news is telling me. I'm just going to sit in your presence. I'm not coming with an agenda just at this first phase. I'm just going to sit in your presence. And I'm going to thank you for who you are. I'm going to thank you that you've forgiven me. I'm going to thank you that you've given Claire as my wife. I'm going to thank you for Tom and Beth. I'm going to thank you for St Andrews. I'm going to thank you that Kev has handed his notice in. Just. I'm going to thank you that you love me. I'm going to thank you that you're faithful to me. I'm going to thank you. I'm going to say sorry for the things I'm goofing up on. But I'm just going to get before you and know that you are God of my circumstances. Even at that point, peace starts to fall on us. And then I'm going to come to you with my issues. Lord, I've got a tough one this week. I've got a tough situation that needs resolving. I've got a member of staff that I think I need to sack. I've got a meeting that I need to run where... None of them agree on anything. And I'm in the middle and they're taking chunks out of me. I've got a sister who is absolutely worn out because she's doing everything for my mum and dad at the moment because they don't want to take a care package. Lord, help me. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, comes into me. And sometimes God sorts it out as well. But he gives me a peace to face those circumstances. Oh, it's brilliant. The peace of God is there. I don't know if you've experienced the peace of God. If you don't spend time with him, I suspect that you might be missing out on it. Because fellowship with God is the key. I, I listen to Lectio. You'll hear a bit more about this. Uh, I've got this app called Lectio. It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. 365 days a week, a, a week, a year. And you just get about 20 minutes to just slow down and get into God's presence. It's, I, I can't recommend it highly enough. He himself is our peace. He is our peace. He is our peace. Why are we not spending time with him? 
who has made the two one and destroyed the barrier, dividing the wall of hostility and abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. He is our peace. If we starve ourselves of prayer and fellowship, we'll miss out on his peace. So some of it is, is, is about our discipline. Some of it is about knowing that God is not frightened or scared or unaware of our mess. I will forever be grateful to Catherine Cook for bringing that to us as a church. And she said, God is happy to come and stand in our mess. You know the kind of mess I'm talking about. You've got your mess and I've got my mess. And in that mess, Jesus says, I'll be there, I'll come in. So how are we creating space in the mess of our lives for God to come in? It really is uh, a discipline and it's to be an encouragement to you to just let God in. He knows what's going on anyway. We, we tend to think that he doesn't, you know, if I turn the lights off, he won't see. We tend to live like that, don't we? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll just go to Chesterfield and commit that crime and then I'll come back and he won't see it. We, we, we play all sorts of silly games, but he's aware of everything and he still loves us. Before the days of your life were written, before the pages of your life were written, he knew you. Nothing shocks him, nothing surprises him. He just wants to be there. Can you believe his love is that big? That he just wants to be there. It's true. Tell your faces. Now, he's also called us to act in the interests of peace. So we're to know peace with God. We're to, to know the peace of God. But we're also to bear the fruit of peace in our lives. And you look at Jesus and you think, if, if you just look at Jesus through the lens of peace and you just look at how he was and how he dealt with people, wow, what a man. Sleeping in the boat when there was a storm before his accusers, walking through the crowds as he spoke, as he faced all kinds of demanding situations like feeding 5,000 people, Lazarus being raised from the dead, some cheeky Pharisees who were trying to pin him down on legal technicalities so they could kill him. Through it all, he never lost his peace. He was always calm, he was always assured. What, a, what an incredible man uh, and, and God and king. 1 Peter 3 says this, whoever would lose his life and seek good days must keep his tongue from evil, oh dear, and his lips from deceitful speech, oh dear. He must turn from evil and, evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. We are called to seek peace. We're called to pursue peace. Uh, and we're called to act in the interests of peace. That's from Peter. Here's from Corinthians. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do not so longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting man's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God was making his appeal through us. We have been given, all of us, that ministry of reconciliation. We are to pursue peace and reconciliation with people. It's a message for us to deliver. 
It's a message about the injustices that are going on in this world. And God wants to speak through us in how we are, how we conduct ourselves, in what we say and in what we do. We are called to be peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. We are called to something. We are called to action as far as peace is concerned. And I, and I'm, I read this account of this lady because... Peacemakers is not just about the war that we think about, like Ukraine, for instance. There are plenty of wars going on all over the place. There's a war on poverty. There's a war on corruption. There's a war on ignorance. For those of you who follow Lectio, on Thursday, uh, we, they, they stopped to, just to, uh, to talk about a particular person, a hero, Araminta, Araminta Ross was born a slave sometime around 1820 in Maryland in the USA. She never learned to read or write, but her mother filled her head with Bible studies. Author and historian Catherine Clinton writes, As she grew up, her faith and her fate became powerfully entwined. The year 1849 became a turning point. To best fulfill her destiny, she realized she must actively seek a role in God's plan rather than just letting others dictate her path. She could no longer be a supplicant and trust in prayer alone for deliverance. She needed to combine faith with action. By escaping to the north, she felt she would be doing God's will. In a remarkable escape, she made her way to freedom in Pennsylvania, and as was common for escaped slaves, took a new name, Harriet Tubman. Harriet had been helped along the way by the Underground Railroad. Not content to leave her extended family behind in slavery, many of her family members and hundreds of others and escorting them to freedom. She was given the code name Moses and became a leading abolitionist in her day. Her success led slave owners to post a $40,000 reward for her capture or her death. Thomas Garrett was a station master in the Underground Railroad and his observation of Harriet was this. I never met with any person of any colour who has more confidence in the voice of God spoken direct to her soul. She could elude patrols and pursuers with as much ease and unconcern as an eagle would soar through the heavens. She had faith in God, always asked him what to do and direct her, which, she said, he always did. She would talk about consulting with God or asking of him, just as one, do, one would do, consult a friend upon matters of business. And she said, he never deceived me. What incredible testimony of somebody who is, as far as I'm concerned, a peacemaker. She was prepared to stand in the gap and stand for, against some injustice. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. And I really believe the Lord, and I felt this just as we were coming in this morning, I felt I had a word. I don't often get words from the Lord, but I, I, I felt I've got a liberty to say this morning, God would want a number of you to know that he considers you as a peacemaker. You are doing that. You are already there. You are already standing in the gap. You're already fighting the wars. You're already trying to bring peace. He sees it in you. And I, and I, I just hope that you sense that commendation of the Lord this morning to know that you're doing the right things. You're trying to make a difference. You're trying to bring peace. Um, peace, not appeasement, but peace with God. 
Peacemakers pay, pay a price. It costs something to stand up for someone or some cause. So, prayer, faith and action. I'm just about finished. When I first put my thoughts together, I came up with the term activate. What can we do? What can we do to see more peace? And you're going to like this because they all start with F. You've got five Fs in conclusion. If we are looking for peace with God, we need to put our faith in what the Bible says. We need to put faith in the theology of justification by faith. If we're seeking peace of God, we need fellowship with the Father. We need to know Jesus and to know him in our day-to-days and to invite him into the mess and to invite him into the day and to be there with him and before him morning, noon and night. Fellowship with the Father brings peace of God. If we are to grow the fruit of peace in our lives, we need to be faithful. Faithfulness in what we are Faithfulness in what we do, faithfulness in what we say, persistent, persevering, brings the fruit of peace, faithfulness. And if we're to be peacemakers, because God has called us to be peacemakers, we need to have a fearlessness that says, I'm going to stand for that, or I'm not going to stand for that. I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to pay the price, a fearlessness. A voice for those who have no voice. I started this sermon by saying it's hard to find peace in the world. I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure it is hard to find peace in this world. Depends where you're looking. It really does. Depends where we're looking. If we're looking to Jesus, to God, and we take up that invitation that we've heard in John chapter 14, we'll find peace. We'll find peace for ourselves. We'll find peace for God, peace with God, peace for ourselves. And we'll even find peace for others. We're the peacemakers that he's depending on. Peace is there. He's the Lord of peace. Oh, there's a challenge, isn't there? wonder what we're going to do about it. We need to pray. But we need to act on those prayers as well. Amen. Amen.